Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, y'all, and welcome back into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and today you're listening on the Believe Network. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about a lot of news that I, I didn't get to during March, a lot of tennis news that kind of happened over the last month or so. But before we get to that, we got to get to some clay court tournaments. The clay court swing is officially here. It is officially clay court season, and a lot of it doesn't happen in the United States other than the one that just happened in Houston, Texas. But clay court season isn't necessarily meant for America. Clay court season is meant for Europe and other places around the world that primarily play on clay. And that is exactly what happened over the last week as we prepare for Roland Garros, which is at the end of May. The French Open is coming near. And French Open is much like the hard court tournaments that are in you know, the Australian Open and the U.S. Open, where there's about a couple month lead up to it and where the players can play on that surface. Now, Wimbledon, which I've talked about here before, is a little bit different. Wimbledon, they don't get that much time to play on grass before Wimbledon. Not only is it right after the French Open, but like you can't play a lot of tournaments on grass. There's just not a lot of places that have grass because of the wear and tear on it and how expensive it is and all that stuff. So there's not a lot when it comes to grass you can do, but clay is the other surface where you can get a ton on, a ton of matches. And so there's some that'll happen on like it's not gray it's like green clay and then there's others that'll happen on true red dirt clay and that's what happens at Roland Garros and that is some of the tournaments that I'm about to talk about right now we are starting in Portugal at the Millennium Estoril Open which is a decently popular tournament truly because it kicks off the clay court swing and the clay court season now it comes right after the sunshine swing which is the two masters 1000 tournaments in America when it comes to Miami Open and Indian Wells, the BNP Paribas Open at Indian Wells in Palm Springs, California, which I've talked a ton about over the last like month and a half on this podcast. But those are finally over. Those are over. We are now in clay court season, and Nestoral is a great start to that. There's good names in this tournament, truly because it kicks off the clay court season. You got top seed is Casper Ruud. No shock here. Now, I've talked about Casper Ruud struggling a little bit to begin the season, and we're going to talk a little bit more about him in this episode for sure. Hubie Hercotch is the two seed. Davidovich Falkina is the three seed. Uh, Roberto Batista Gut is the four seed. And then it kind of drops off a little bit as far as seeding-wise because you look at, you know, Sebastian Baez is there. Uh, Kachmanovic is there. Diego Schwartzman. Ben Shelton is an eight seed, and he, like, never plays clay, and I don't think he's ever been to Europe before this. So, Interesting. Oh, he's got a new headshot right now on ATP.com, ATPTour.com. Interesting to see with his new on sponsorship, which is, I think I've talked about that on this podcast before. Him and Igish Vyatek are the new on athletes head to toe. And I think he's, I believe Ben Shelton is the first male athlete head to toe on running. I think. Don't quote me on that, but I think so. Anyway, sidetracked. We don't need to talk about that right now. Um, It's clay court season. The This tournament, though, a lot of good matches, a lot of good players in this tournament. I don't expect much, honestly, out of Ben Shelton, who I just spoke about. You, I've talked a lot about him recently of just, you know, an upcoming American, a lot of excitement around him. He can play well, uh, but he has to get into the groove of the tour, which he's doing kind of at the early part of this spring. Also, 
I don't know if he's necessarily a clay court player. I don't know how much clay court he's played on. He played college tennis on all hard courts, and he grew up in Florida. So I don't know how many red clay matches he has under his belt. And some of that inexperience showed here in the second round against Dominic Team. Dominic Team, he is a clay court guy. He's also coming back from injury. And it's good to see him starting to get some more wins. You know, I th feel like a lot of people are just waiting for him to, like, really get going again. He beats Ben Shelton 6-2, 6-2, kind of cruises by him. Uh, or Dominic Team loses in the next round. But really, all you need to know about this tournament is Casper Root is back. I think there was a lot of talks, including for myself, you know, this spring about what's going on with Casper Root. Like, he had a great 2022. He started playing really, really well on hard courts. And I think a lot of people boosted their expectations for how he should play on every surface. And he's top five in the world, had a chance to be number one in the world, made a final at the U.S. Open on hard court. And I think people forgot, including myself, I'm not just saying other people, they forgot he's a clay court guy and he's a clay court player. And he shows exactly that here at the Estoril Open in Portugal as he cruises to a championship at this tournament. Uh, that would be his 10th title overall. When you look at the titles that Casper Ruud has won, uh, all of them but one have been on clay court. He won San Diego in 2021. Other than that, every tournament he's won has been on clay court. Buenos Aires, G Geneva, uh, Stad, and then he's won Buenos Aires again, and then Geneva again, and then Stad again, and then the Estoril. So, like, it's he's a clay court guy, and I think I... I lost sight of that a little bit because of how well he started playing on hard court, right? ATP finals, he played great. Uh, he makes he makes the championship at the U.S. Open and plays Carlos Alcaraz, and everyone starts to think, man, is, is he a hard court player? But right when he gets back on clay, you're reminded why. Why he's a clay court guy, and this is exactly where he belongs on clay court. He cruises to a straight set victory in the final. Had a tough three-set match against Hollis, uh, Quentin Hollis, in the... Uh, in the semifinals to get to the final. But other than that, a couple three three set matches, but it seemed like he didn't blink and he cruises right to a final. In my eyes, he needed this. Um, he was so close to being number one in the world last year and then just kind of struggled a little bit as a top player in the beginning part of 2023. So to get back on top, get back to his roots on clay and get a victory on clay, even if it is a 250, I think is huge for Casper Ruud because he was getting some early exits in America the last month and some change. So Casper Ruud back on top in Portugal, and there's some exciting tournaments coming up on clay, capping with the French Open. But I'm excited about what he can do on clay, and I hope it's a great year for him on clay because he's entertaining to watch. He's fun to watch. He's not flashy. He's just a really, really good tennis player. Let's go to another clay court tournament. We call this one USA Clay. It's because it is in Houston, Texas. A little bit smaller of a tournament, uh, but nevertheless, it's clay in the United States, so it's awesome to watch with some great Americans in this tournament. You know how much Americans like their sports, and if we can get them to like tennis a little bit more, especially on clay, even better. Francis Tiafo, the top seed in this tournament. He is number 14 in the world. Top seed here. Like I said, a lot of Americans. Uh, France Tiafo, the one, one seed, two seed is Tommy Paul. The four seed is John Isner. The five seed is right there as J.J. Wolf. So, like I said, Americans like to play in this tournament. They like to really stay in America during this time before they go overseas. Francis Tiafo, a fantastic tournament. He cruises to the final. Another guy with a really good tournament on clay is a guy by the name of Tomas Martin Echeverri. I might have said that wrong. 
I'm sorry. Uh, he's from Argentina, ranked 59 in the world, has a really good tournament here, and makes it all the way to the final to play Francis Tiafo. Now, Americans not necessarily the most clay court people, right? Like they're more hardcore than clay court. If you want to get clay court, usually go overseas a lot, especially red clay overseas a lot, or down in Argentina. Uh, where Tomas is from, stuff like that. Those are a lot of clay court guys. Uh, Tommy Paul loses in the second round, even being the two seed. Uh, but Francis Tiafo goes on to win this tournament. Two tie breaks in the championship match to win this one in straight sets. Awesome win for Francis Tiafo. I remember seeing a quote during this week that said something about like he enjoys when there's chatter during matches and he wants he, at, in Houston and he feels like it's more of like an entertainment venue where people are talking during the, during the match, not loud and obnoxious, but like there's a little murmur in the crowd. It sounded like so awesome for Francis Tiafo to get this win. It is his second career title and his first ever on clay. He won Delray Delray beach in 2018 has not won a title since 2018. So this one was much needed and probably much appreciated by Francis Tiafo as he won on USA clay. One more tournament this last week. It was in Morocco. It was a grand prix Hassan two. Uh, I, I really didn't see a whole lot about this tournament. Didn't watch a whole lot about it. Lorenzo Musetti was the top seed. He ended up losing in the third round, which is the quarterfinals. Winner of this tournament is Roberto Carbeles Buena. I believe that's how you say his last name. From Spain, ranked 49 in the world. This is his second career title as he has won his other one also on clay in 2018. Something about 2018 titles and 2023 titles that also happened with Francis Diafo that I just talked about. Interesting. Weird. Nevertheless, he gets another tournament title here. Like Some really good names in this tournament. You look at um, Imer's in this tournament. Lorenzo Musetti was in this tournament. Daniel Evans was in this tournament. Um, good good names, right? Um, but good win for him. Struff in this tournament. Gaston was in this tournament. So, like I said, good win by him. And now we move on. The next tournament next week, before we get to some news, is the Rolex Monte Carlo Masters. A huge tournament in Monte Carlo, Monaco. A home tournament for a lot of players on tour because a lot of them live in Monte Carlo in the offseason. But this is an ATP Masters 1000. This is a huge tournament. Novak Djokovic made his way to this tournament. Big, big names are in Monaco for this tournament. I've said tournament about 100 times in the last five minutes. I apologize for that. But I'm just trying to explain what's happening here in Monte Carlo. So that's one I'm keeping an eye on over the next you know seven days or so as it's a Masters 1000. It's a Masters 1000, but it is only seven days. It's one week. So we'll talk about it next week. Novak Djokovic, I'm really interested to see how he does on clay, uh, not being able to play in so many matches, not really being in America the last last month or so. It'll be good to see him back in action. There's a lot of other really good players I'm looking forward to seeing on clay, how Alexander Sferov returns to clay after he had a leg injury last year on clay. So a lot to look at, a lot to keep an eye on. We'll talk about it a lot more next week for sure, but that's a good tournament to watch if you're going to watch it this week. All right, we move on to some news at the end of this episode, some things I've wanted to get to for a while, and let's get right into it. Novak Djokovic, about a month and some change ago, uh, says he hopes that his best Olympic result is yet to come, which means he's got his eyes on the 2024 Paris Olympics, um, which will be played on clay at the Roland Garros site. So I know the Olympics are next year, but this is something that he's talked about openly. Um, and he spoke about it earlier this year. His best result at the Olympics was in 2008, and it was bronze. So 
looking forward to see Novak Djokovic at the Olympics again. I think everybody is, and uh, it'll be cool to see it on clay. This is something that was is rather large, and I haven't talked about it in a while, but uh, Denis Shapovalov wrote a Players' Tribune article saying the gender gap should not exist in tennis. Uh, and he pretty much said, let's stop talking about reducing the gender gap. If we want tennis to be fair, it should not exist at all. Strong words from Denis Shapovalov. Um, I think this is, you know, in tennis, I think tennis is one of the closest uh, when it comes to the gap. Tennis is one of the closest sports together. Um, they pay, you know, players the same at the U.S. Open. The U.S. Open has always done a really good job of it. Actually, Billie Jean King is the face of their poster for the 2023 U.S. Open, and it says celebrating 50 years of, e of equal prize money, 1973 to 2023. So uh, if you haven't read that article, go ahead and check it out. Uh, it's always good when, you know, I think players speak out on things, and the U.S. Open has been so ahead of the curve for so long because of Billie Jean King and what Billie Jean King has done. So just a topic of conversation in the tennis world, uh, but definitely a conversation that I think should be had because uh, of what tennis has done for that. Also, I want to get to a record, kind of. I'm, I might have talked about this a while back, but it happened about mid-March. It's the number of matches you need to play to get 100 wins as a world number one. The youngest ever do it uh, at 19 years old, and it, it matters how, much, how old you are. McEnroe was 19 when he did it, and it took him 131 matches to reach 100 wins. It took Carlos Alcaraz 132 matches at 19 years old to reach 100 wins. So not bad company for Carlos Alcaraz right now. Um, who else is on that list? Agassi at 18 years old, 135. Nadal at eight, at 19. Uh, and then Boris Becker's at 20 years old, 140. So 137 for Nadal, 135 for Agassi. So not bad company for Carlos Alcaraz. I'm excited to see how he does on clay. He's such a heavyweight player. And to play on such a heavyweight surface... I'm so excited to watch him as the clay court season moves on and we get closer to Roland Garros. That is going to be it for this episode. I'm going to be done. I'm done talking about this. We're going to talk about the Rolex uh, Monte Carlo Masters 1000 event that's going on this week. We're going to talk about that next week. Sorry this pod got out a little late this week. I got occupied with work and other things. So that'll be it. Adios. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.